0: you're listening to frankly my dear the podcast i'm Fariza, and i really just want to hear from you women with a story to tell no lies no drama okay maybe just a little bit i hope you like it here let's get started and welcome to frankly my dear i'm Fariza, and this is the time for us to have honest conversations with the women in our communities Uh, Today, I have with me on Zoom, two special guests. I invited them to the show because very rarely do we see couples like them in our communities, but they are a part of our communities. And I think it's important to hear their story, how they met, how it was like to come out to family and friends, what married life as an LGBT couple is like, and then raising a child together. So, for whatever reason, upon hearing this, you feel like not continuing with this episode because of your personal beliefs, I urge you even more to keep listening and do so with the intent to understand and give a chance to people who may live differently from you. The ladies that I have with me today are both Singaporean women, uh, but are now based in Berlin. I'm really honoured to have them on the show today. Please welcome Surya and Charm. Hi, ladies. Hi! Hi. Um, Now, when we were discussing how to approach this episode, I mentioned that I understood this was going to be a sensitive one and that you didn't have to use your real names, but you guys decided it was important that you use your real identities. Tell me what went through your mind when I brought up the possibility of coming on to the show.
1: Well, for me, I think that living um, in the closet or living um, in the shadows, I did that long enough. Mm. Um, and most of my life, I was always um, hiding a part of myself. And I think that living my authentic, true self is not just an impact for me, but I think it also helps others who who may be feeling alone, or maybe feeling very scared, or or feeling hopeless. Mm. But if they see that I I'm me. I exist, and it's possible to have a life. Mm. Um, I'm hoping to to provide that that inspiration.
2: Yeah, um, kind of the same for me. I I guess someone once told me you never know how many people you are gonna inspire with your journey. So I think the more people out there know that there's something beyond, mm-hmm. then it's better for everyone.
0: I have to say, I think it's really brave that, that you ladies are doing this. I really appreciate that you guys took the time to discuss this because I know that it's, it's a very personal matter. It's not something that we will take lightly in this interview. And I appreciate you coming on to the show. Surya, you are a Malay Muslim woman. And Sham, you are... Uh, sorry?
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, the baby... The baby is uh, coughing a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh, no worries, no worries. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah. Sham, you are of Indian descent and you were raised Christian, am I right? Uh, no, I'm actually uh, Sri Lankan descent and I was raised Buddhist.
0: Ah, okay. Um, yeah. okay, so I thought it was important to establish this first because I think it's not just important to talk about who you are as a couple but also as individuals, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Surya, let's start with you. Growing up. When did you realise you were gay? Was it a slow realisation or like a light bulb moment for you?
1: I think I realised around the age of 15. Mm-hmm. When I started to realise that there are gay couples out there, there are same-sex couples out there, um, oh. I think I, I realised it through um, TV. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the, the L word or something? No, it was way before L word. It was Buffy.
0: Oh wow, okay, okay, yeah,
1: um and I think that's why like we we all know representation is is really important, but for me it it had a direct impact. um and then I realized that, hey, you know, all this while, maybe it's it's not that i I just it, there's nothing wrong with me um i it's not that I just find boys disgusting or what, I just like girls mm. yeah and and then when i when I had that realization and I looked back. Um, in my childhood days, mm-hmm. that's when I realized that oh my god, this admiration or or fascination that I have for some friends of mine, it was actually a crush. Were you more
0: relieved or were you scared? How were you feeling when you realized this? I think
1: I was excited mm, because okay. it 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 clicked. It it clicked, and and of course, being young, you don't really think about like that far ahead in life of like, okay, what's gonna happen now? Um mm. I was just very excited that this is who I am and this is what uh what I like. Yeah. So um and it was it, it came together with of course um having my first girlfriend um when I was 15.
0: Ah okay so let's let's could we talk about that? Could you tell me like yeah. how,
1: how that happened? Well it just kind of happened. <laughs> um <laughs> Basically, okay, I, I, let me try and think if I want to reveal too much. Okay, no, so this this girl, uh she was in my school, mm-hmm. and we 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 were friends, and we got really close, mm-hmm. and I guess we started talking about all these like TV shows and stuff, and then we realized that, hey, I think we like each other, like we think we like each other, and it just kind of clicked, mm-hmm. and we just started like dating. That must have been
0: very exciting, especially at a time where, you know, you're so distracted by, I mean, for me, I was distracted by boys and I was like, oh my God, do I like this one? Do I like that one? Whatever. And then for you, it was just like, it clicked and it was simple and you found someone that that you genuinely liked and, and she yeah. liked you
1: back, right? Yeah, exactly. And it was actually a relief for me because, you know, when, when growing up as kids, it's always like, oh, which boy do you like? Do you, uh, who do you have a crush on? And I really struggled to answer that question. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I, was, I, would, I would scan like the boys and I'd be like, okay, this boy is the most, the least like disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Not that boys oh, that are disgusting, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was like, okay, this, <laughs> this one okay lah. You one will can do can la. Yeah. Yeah, can oh, lah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's how I would be like, okay lah, like, I like that boy. But actually I didn't really like him. I just find him
2: palatable.
0: <laughs> and Sham, what about you? What was, what was your aha moment?
2: Um, I think for me, it came much later when I was Mm -hmm. around uh, 21. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had this very close uh, female friend. And then I realized after... Because I had been friends with her for a few years already. And then I realized after a while that the feelings that I felt for her were not just friendly feelings. Right. So... It was kind of internal conflict for me because previously I had a boyfriend and mm-hmm. I'm still bisexual. So okay. for me, I was wondering like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. And I feel like they don't really talk about bisexualism, if that's the word, much. Yep. So I, I wasn't sure if it, it could be something that, you know, people were. So, but after some my internal conflict was sorted, I realized that I did like her romantically. Um, What I did was I actually went up and told her
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: because we had been friends for so many years, she actually took it like, oh, okay, I'm sorry that I don't like you the same way, but let's not ruin the friendship because you told me this. Mm. Um, However, uh, later, like a few months down the road, she was then uh, experimenting sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. in this whole thing, I discovered that for me, it wasn't in inverted commas, just a phase as people might call it, but it's something that I discovered in myself that I could like or love a woman too. Hmm. Um, Almost
0: every LGBT person has a coming out story. Um, Some are non-stories where people aren't even surprised. But then there are some that are more difficult than others. Um, Surya, for you, how was coming out for you to, let's say, your immediate family members or your friends, if there was uh, a coming out?
1: Okay, so coming out to my friends was much easier. Mm-hmm. I think I, yeah, I I think I officially came out. Uh, I think to a small group of friends or to one friend in JC. Okay, and yeah, it was relatively easy. To, to say that Hey, I like girls mm. um, was What was me- reaction? She was just like Okay, cool okay. <laughs> <laughs> And it was It was really That really helped a lot Because mm. um, I had all this Build up in my head That Could I tell people Do I have to hide this thing about myself? Mm. And uh, she's, she's Malay Malay Muslim mm. as well So mm. That really helped me And uh, if I could backtrack a little bit. So, coming out to friends was easy. But what held me back, because I discovered that I'm gay at 15, but I finally kind of came out, came out to friends at 17 or 18, like two or three years later. So, I kept it to myself for quite a, quite a while. What happened was around 15 or 16, I, uh, a cousin of mine, She we had a sleepover. Mm-hmm. And she was looking through my phone, and she found some texts that I I had with my girlfriend back then. And she decided to tell my aunt about it, and of course, it went to my mom. And it wasn't a pleasant experience, if you can imagine. I was dragged out of the closet, in that sense, to come out before I was even ready, before I even knew who I really am, and whether this one girlfriend that I have is just a face or is it really that I'm. Am I bisexual? Am I gay? Am I what? And I was dragged out of the the closet in that way. And of course, if you can imagine, coming from a Muslim household, it was um, catastrophic. So that had a a very strong impact on me. And so I retreated so far back in the closet. Mm. I hit a huge part of myself. It was only much later that I found the courage to finally tell people again. And I started with some friends um, in J.C., Older friends were difficult like friends in secondary school because it's like they knew me a certain way. Mm-hmm. So that was a process itself. But newer friends were easier. It was just like, I'm Surya, I like girls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you think would have been
0: the best way to come out to family? Do, would you have preferred something that was like, oh yeah, we knew or like, okay, we, we love you. What would have been your ideal coming out situation?
1: Well, I would say um, it's always when the person who wants to come out is ready. So mm-hmm. that that would have been ideal. Um, feel safe, feel secure. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I had planned for that to be when I had my own space. That if any, if shit hits the fan, I have my own my own home. I have my own place to retreat to. I can stand on my own two feet. Yeah. Did you have support when all of this was happening with your family? No. Um, I was completely alone. Thank God, at that time, my mother didn't do anything drastic, like to tell me to get out of the house mm. um, or anything. She did try to get me to to speak to some counselors. She did try to 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 get me to to seek religious counsel. Mm-hmm. And because that process was just so traumatizing for me, I just lied to everyone and said, no, 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 I'm not gay. I'm not gay. It's just a phase." Right. Yeah, um, I I can imagine because for a Malay woman, um, like peaking,
0: speaking personally, I would think it comes with a special set of challenges. That's not just about your sexual orientation, but how it fits into your ethnicity and your religion. And it's it's, it's just something that we, we don't really hear about or even talk about. So
1: exactly, right. and it's like there's many layers to it. Um, and who who do I even reach out to? Who who can I say that I have this problem and I'm facing this challenge? Back then, it was there was there was nothing, almost nothing in Singapore. There there were some groups here and there, but you know you don't really know much of it. A lot of it was more of like, okay, here's some TV shows that have characters who are gay. Mm-hmm. That was my source of comfort.
2: And for you, Sham, um, how was coming out for you like? Well, okay, because like I said, it, it the realization came came a bit later for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wasn't a teenager so the friends that I had were known for years already but um, when I came out to them a lot of them were actually very very supportive Mm. Um, some of them did actually ask because they knew me when I was interested in boys so some of them did actually ask like "Hmm, is this like a new thing for you or like what is it but um, when I said no I think I really have feelings for this person they uh, respected that and didn't push further. Um, with family because I have uh, two older sisters so mm. and and they are the ones who are closer to me, um, I thought it was important to tell them first. Mm. Usually my friends and my sisters kind of hang out in the same circle and I was thinking like hmm, if I have a girlfriend then more likely than not they would meet. So I came out to them first and they both took it quite well at first. Okay. However, one of them started saying like, oh, um, you need to tell, uh, my parents. Then I was like, hmm, but they don't really need to know yet because mm. I'm not really serious with anyone yet. And then I met Surya and I think uh, about a year after dating, uh, we got engaged. So still, um, you know, my sister was still saying like, okay, especially now that you're engaged, you need to tell my parents, blah blah blah, because you're gonna get married and things like that. But we were like, wait, you need to give us the time and the space to do it because we were both still living with our parents. As you know, like in Singapore, that's how it works, right? Yeah. So we were both still living my with our parents, and. Yeah, and I was like, Yeah, I don't have my own space. I don't have um I had just started working and not much like finances saved up to pay rent somewhere else. We were also saving to move overseas uh to Canada at that time. So I was like, Give me some time because I need to get all this sorted before I can tell them in anticipation that they would throw me out of the house. So then what happened was i got married and in sometime in december of 2013 and suddenly i came back to singapore everything was fine and laida and suddenly my parents found out now i never knew actually how exactly but it can be said that maybe uh someone let the cat out of the bag <laughs> and yeah. how, how was that Um, It was terrible. But basically, I think in the end, uh, my parents gave me a choice if that I would stay married, that I would leave the house on the same day. Mm -hmm. So thankfully, um, my older sister was married with kids and she was living already on out of the family home and she had her own house and everything. So (laughs) that night itself, we actually went to her house. Surya had been, sorry? Yeah. Surya had already um, had a good relationship with her, with her kids and everything. mm -hmm. So my sister was more than happy to let us stay at her place with her family um, however long we needed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What's
0: your relationship with your family right now for the both of you? Let's start with Surya first.
1: Okay, it's actually way, 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 way better. Mm. But it took a very long time. I would say it um, took a decade. With uh, When my mom first found out, um, she was really in very deep denial and she just didn't want to uh, acknowledge it at all. And my marriage with Sham just doesn't exist to... didn't exist to her. Our relationship didn't exist for the longest time. Like, we still maintain contact and I, I I still, like, talk to her. I would still call her every weekend in Singapore. If I visit Singapore, we would spend as much time uh, together as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but always never mentioning Sham. never mentioning that I have a huge part of my life, which is my married life. It was only... When Yuna was born, uh, that 's my daughter, Yuna, mm-hmm. that my mom finally came around, that she finally realized that maybe she finally realized that, "Hey, I have a daughter, wow. this is not something that's not that 's going to go away. Mm. She finally like slowly opened herself up to getting to know Yuna, getting to know me as Yuna 's mom. And eventually getting to know Sham as Yuna's other mother and my partner. That's amazing. Um
0: I also think we have to think about the generation that our parents grew up in. This was just something they they have never had to deal with. And oh, sure. I always want to put like myself into the shoes of you know our parents and how it must be for them to receive this information and how what's best for them um to process it. Um, yeah. with, with regards to your immediate family what about your extended family because you know with like Hari Raya and all these things and um, is that something that you are part of or something you just try to avoid
1: it's something I, I want to be a part of and I am a part of but again it's like there's a part that's censored so mm. a version that's censored so I do that out of respect for my mom. that because in a way she also has to come out in a way, she also has to face criticism or questions or whatever. And she already has. Some Some of my family members, extended family members know. Mm. And they have um, approached her and criticized and really s- spoken some mean words uh, to her. So it's, it's not her fault that her daughter's gay. Um, so in that sense, I want to give her that space and support to figure it out. She did tell me things like I don't know how to tell my siblings that about Yuna. Mm. So I understand what that feels like and but it's 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 really tough actually like because sometimes I don't know where to draw the line. Mm. And sometimes Sham and I get into these uh discussions because how much is is okay? How much is it empathy to my mom and how much is it I'm letting her walk over me? Right, right. Yeah, and it's a balance. Why did you move to Berlin? Well, um, basically, for us, Sham and I always, even like when we first met, we, we always had this uh, dream for ourselves individually that we wanted to experience a life overseas. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, defined our relationship mm. from the very start. We always like worked to work towards getting that overseas experience. Just seeing what is it like out there. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that we hate Singapore and we don't want to be there. No, but we just wanted to have a taste of it. We were supposed to move to the US, actually. Mm. And we actually moved very briefly to Toronto. And it mm. didn't work out. We went back home crying. <laughs> 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 is there a story there? <laughs> you tell it's it? Just a, it's just a story of us being
2: homesick and chicken. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So Realising that maybe if we carried out the plan, we would be... We were money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we had
1: this, it was very naive of us to think that we could build a life that way because we went, like, with a student debt and everything. We thought, like, oh, yeah, Trump's just going to get a job and we're just going to pay off the student debt and we're going to be fine. And then we yeah. realized that, no, we're not. So, mm. so <laughs> we went back home. Okay. And but anyway, mm. yeah, but then anyway, so then we were supposed to move to the U.S., uh, that didn't pan out. But then I had an opportunity in Berlin through um, the company I, I worked for mm-hmm. and we just took one, one evening like researching uh. researching what, what is Berlin all about and then we were like, okay, you know what? We moved to Toronto and we didn't like it, we moved back. We can move to Berlin and if we don't like it, we move back. <laughs>
0: right, right. Yeah. 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 What, are, what are some of the differences um, that you noticed between living in Berlin and in Singapore um, as a gay couple? Um, Shyam, let's let's hear from you.
2: Um, some of the differences, wow. Well, firstly, I think my family and I can go out with our daughter and no one gives us a, no one gives a shit, right? Like we're just another family on the street. Uh So, um, we actually have a lot, I mean, we actually know of same-sex, other same-sex families where the parents are of course same-sex and then they have kids, Mm -hmm. uh, which we don't know any well, we know of people in Singapore, but we have never met. Another thing is, I think when you talk about same-sex couples and kids, many people real, don't realize that actually a lot of the logistics behind it, uh, like the rights that you're supposed to have, like uh, health insurance for my daughter and, mm-hmm. you know, all these kind of people, that, things that people don't want to talk about. You, I don't actually stand any... Uh, right in, in Singapore to have those same privileges, even though I'm a Singaporean citizen. Mm-hmm. So, and I get it in Berlin, and like Yuna gets her money from the government every month, mm-hmm. which every other German family gets. I'm recognized as her mom. Surya um, has to go through an adoption, but that's more like for legality's sake. Um, otherwise, if we were to follow Yuna to the hospital, anyone would just recognize both of us as her moms. And I think in Singapore, that would never, ever be the case. On our trips back to Singapore with Yuna, I think it's really, really eye-opening because Yuna biologically is half uh, Caucasian. Mm -hmm. So she looks very fair. And because of that, people are trying to wonder like, whose kid is this? Because Mm. I'm quite like dark brown skin and Surya is um AC color. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um and Yuna is much fairer than both of us. So people are trying to wonder like hmm, where did who is whose child is this? And we've actually got some some people have asked us like, oh whose kid is this? And then we're like, oh it's it's our kid. Yeah. And then the person says like oh but it's not really your kid, right? I mean <laughs> I think what does they that don't mean?
0: Need... you're just babysitting yeah yeah
2: I think they don't mean to offend, but it's like really offensive, you know. So, it's, we, we, don't, we never ever get questions like that over here. And it just shows how close the community is still in Singapore. But um, we, this is just one year with Yuna. Um, previously, before we had her, I think just living in Berlin as a gay couple. And like, for example, if I were to kiss my wife on the street... I don't have to worry about someone taking out their phones and like stomping me, for example. Mm.
0: And that's yep. something you think yep. about when you're in Singapore.
2: Yes, yes, yes. we do. Um, we are careful because we don't want that to happen. Again, like we said, while our parents know, for me, my my extended family also know, like I don't see a reason why like things like this have to be stomped. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about how you decided um, you guys wanted to get married. Was there a proposal? I mean, yeah. like, what's the equivalent of, you know, quote-unquote, let's buy HDB for straight couple?
1: Oh. <laughs> Actually, okay. how did it start? Did it I think start? we we kind of already knew that we wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. And then I proposed first. Yes, correct. Was it like a spur and of the moment? Y- uh, no, like it was a surprise. It was a surprise on our... First year dating anniversary. Mm. And I proposed with a ring. Uh, and it was like, you know, NDP rehearsals were, were happening. So there were fireworks <laughs> 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 and, and everything. And then I think not long after Sham proposed to me. And it was also a surprise. So we were engaged, like, since I already proposed first, yeah. but there was no talk about, like, okay, how do we do this? How do we get married? How do we yeah. move forward? It was just like, oh, yeah, we are engaged. Like that. like yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, God, youth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn, just yeah, just and stuff, yeah.
1: So then, um, but then Shyam later proposed to me. And yeah. in a surprise proposal to me, she wrote a very nice poem. Um, we were at Boat Key because mm-hmm. I used to work there, near, near there. And in that poem, she pretty much said like, uh, let's go visit your friends in New York. And while we're there, let's get married.
2: Wow.
0: How yeah. so how, how was the, the getting married in, in New York? Or were, were there papers that you had to sign? How how did how did that take place?
2: Oh it was so fast. My but
1: good friend calls it a Maggie uh, Me instant, instant noodle wedding. <laughs> yeah, Maggie Me <Megimi> wedding because <laughs> yeah.
2: okay, it was okay. so fast. Yeah, so basically we <laughs> just took a number waited for our turn and our friends were actually late so that (laughs) we were like really panicking because they were our witnesses and then um, well they showed up just in time then we all went into a room and uh, I guess justice of peace whatever you call him was there and then he said okay I'm going to start now and then he said um, went on with the vows and everything and then before you know it we were married our friend took pictures uh yeah she said it happened so fast she didn't know whether to to take take, pictures or video correct so but (laughs) she took pictures um she actually had to catch like the kiss again because uh she missed it it was (laughs) too fast and then and then yeah we we took a nice stroll and went for brunch with our friends Mm. um and then our friends left us alone because like um, we wanted to spend some time together then we just went for dinner at like a Michelin Star restaurant. That was a- an accident. We didn't know that it was a yeah. Michelin star restaurant. Yeah but Michel <laughs> <tried laughs> and then and then yeah we went back to our Airbnb mm-hmm. yeah uh, it, rental. Yeah apartment. because I mean we we got married quite young. Um, um yeah we didn't have much money. Um, yeah. so we just it was like the cheapest, happiest wedding I could ever have. But that said, um, the plan is to have a a big ten year anniversary party. Yes, <laughs> I was about In to Singapore. ask Singapore.
0: Okay, okay. Can I, <laughs> can I be there? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I think we'll do a follow up interview. <laughs> uh, yeah, starting a family as as a couple. How does how did that conversation start?
1: Oh, uh, okay, so. Uh, we settled into our lives in Berlin and we always wanted uh, to have kids. But again, just like the married thing, we never really had like a concrete plan or idea behind it. We just knew that it was going to happen sometime. We just didn't know how and when. Mm. So we settled into our lives in, in Berlin and Sham, uh she stayed at home because uh, jobs in Berlin are not that easy easy to come by if you don't speak fluent German. Mm. So um, then as she was staying at home And it was I think in the second year Or second year in in Berlin That she came to me and she was like Hey, I think it's time to start a family Let's try to have a kid here
2: Yeah, by then I mean we also had been married for a while Yeah,
1: yeah, we had been married
2: like Three years or so Three, four years Four years Then Mm. Oh,
1: was it four? Yeah Anyway
2: yeah, so then it was very quick decision actually. Um actually said, yeah, we just want to try, you know. It, if nothing happens, then nothing happens. But we do want to uh, give it a go. So we started trying and, and I think it was very naive of us yeah. to think like, oh, you know, This would be such an experience, blah blah blah, and then so basically, yeah, we went for artificial insemination first because that would be cheaper than actually doing IVF, Mm -hmm. and then um, yeah, so I did get pregnant twice, and Mm -hmm. then but the pregnancies didn't work out because we were told then there was a like a compatibility issue with the donor probably. Okay. So the doctor uh, suggested that we would change donors and then um, we did IVF just to um, get the chances to be higher. And then, yeah, I got pregnant at the first IVF cycle and then Yuna was born. I think that's the thing about us. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, that's the
1: thing about us. I mean, you, you mentioned that we are brave. But I have to say that sometimes we're just naive. Like we yeah. just <laughs> we just think that
0: you want to believe in oh. the best. Right? Yeah, yeah, I guess but you could I say guess. that way.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you decided that you wanted to have a baby. Did you have resources and support um, in Berlin? Like was it uh, a session with a doctor and then they will give you advice on what are the steps you can take? Um, how did it how did it take place? It was actually quite
2: straightforward, right? Yeah, we I actually yeah, we just basically Googled like sperm, sperm bank. banks in Berlin and mm-hmm. um, like fertility clinics and there was one that had a sperm bank and a clinic in one place. So we actually went to that one and yeah, we did have a briefing with the doctor about uh, you know your chances, uh, what could happen, the cost and everything. Then, um, in terms of resources, you mean like help in Berlin or?
0: Yeah, like help or someone to advise you on how this is gonna.
2: No, no, we not, just not really. figured it out I ourselves. Mean, yeah, the yeah. doctor was quite um, straightforward. There mm-hmm. were a lot of legal forms to sign to right. k- kind of say, like, we can never uh, sue the, for example, or ask the sperm donor for money, mm-hmm. things like that. That there were some legal processes to get through, but that was quite easy with like a notary and stuff. Yeah, basically, we just started the process. The clinic was very, very helpful. They would always give like a list of donors and then based on what we wanted, and then uh, we could choose from there. And then the clinic would be scheduling the sessions as and when was appropriate.
1: That was so weird though, choosing a
2: donor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my next question. What
0: was it like choosing a sperm donor? I mean, is that like a catalogue where you choose with yes. photos and stuff or was it anonymous? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so um, it was weird because okay, there's, no, there's no photos um, mm. but apparently like in Denmark or something there, there are, are
2: photos. There's even
1: video. Um, it's even
2: weirder. Like yeah. yeah, but for
1: us, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I found the whole thing super weird because they asked us like, uh, what criteria are you looking for in a, in a donor? And I felt really strange answering that question mm-hmm. because, I mean, we're a couple, right? And we already fell in love and we already love each other for how, however we are. Mm-hmm. And to, to be able to say, oh, I want like a blonde-haired man who's this tall and with blue eyes or with green eyes or whatever, mm-hmm. it was really strange. So what I did or what we did was we decided to go with like super basic requirements.
0: What is the basic requirement?
1: We just said like healthy, Mm -hmm. no uh, weird allergies, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like no history of um, illness, genetic illnesses in the family to his best knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, Then what? And and Sham just had one additional criteria.
2: Oh, what's that? Uh, he would be tall because I am very short. So I oh, want my okay. to have some chance. In life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and from there, they gave us like uh, a table of
2: of uh, donors to choose from, which had like hair color, eye color, height, weight. And mm-hmm. the funniest part was um they would actually put a celebrity alike to the yeah. donor.
0: That is so strange.
2: Yeah, That's yeah. so Since distracting. of no so it's like yeah there are no photos we based on like pers- and they will they will let the donor evaluate his own pers- personality mm-hmm. and because like the md of the the sperm bank he will also carry out an interview with the donor mm-hmm. so he will also give his own um Perception. evaluation of the donor so we picked from there and and we kind of went with like okay you pick which is your number one and I pick which is my number one. And coincidentally, both our number one matched. (laughs) But it turns out that that donor was the one with the compatibility issues. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. But Sham did the sweetest thing though. When she chose that donor, she said, oh, it's because this donor reminds me so
2: much of you. Yeah. The personality and like the job, the hobbies and stuff. Mm -hmm. So... Well, I think our second pick was not too far off. Yeah, it's not yeah. too far.
1: It was also both, both our second choices. Yeah, it
2: was also, yes, both our second choices. So yeah, and it in the up. end, you know, um, he, whoever he is, gave us Yuna. So we will be forever grateful, even though we don't know who he is. Yeah,
0: So he doesn't know who you are and you don't know who he is.
2: Correct. Yes, but yeah. if one day um, Yuna were to uh, request his identity, we can do it on her behalf if she's not of legal age or if after she turns, I don't know, 20, 18. 81, 18 and then she can request it herself. So what celebrity does he look like? Jeremy Jackson from Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> who's,
0: who's that? I don't, I, I don't know. know. It's
2: one of the newer cast members. Oh, okay, okay.
0: Good yeah.
2: Job, okay. Our first... Choice looked Look. looks like
0: Heath Ledger. I understand why he's your first choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now, now you guys are uh, proud parents of a baby girl. How's first year of motherhood been?
1: Oh god! Oh. it's been a good exhausting. Part, a good part. Okay. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Understandably, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been exhausting. But I mean, I don't want to be so cliche, but I think I I, I said it's to some other people so that. You think that you know love or you you think that you have reached your maximum level of love mm. and then you have a child. And then that love that you think you you know, it just grows exponentially. That's that's my perception of, of being parent a uh, parent. Mm. And sham. I think
2: I think for me, I think also because um, Yuna looks a lot like me. Mm. So it's kind of strange seeing like a very young version of myself but also I think it's seeing the world through her eyes like everything is new like she looks at at things with so much love so much empathy um she's a very sensitive kid Mm. so it's kind of like she feels what you feel in Mm. that moment yeah she really brings out so much happiness and like we said earlier because um things have gone so well with our own families. It's yeah. also because of her, her her character and stuff. Mm. It's just it's it's hard not to to love her and things like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What are your hopes for Yuna and and your hopes as
1: a family? Mm, okay, I'll start. So my hopes for Yuna is is just really simple. I just want her to be happy and healthy and and be true to herself and be proud of who she is and the family that she comes from. I try to to show her that it's it's fine to be yourself. Whatever it is, the kind of person that you want to be, go for it. You know, just be true to who you are.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of the same for me. I, I think for me, more or less the same. I would say I... Well, I mean... I don't have to say that maybe she will face some bullying in her life because of her circumstances and stuff. But I hope um, she knows herself, like what she's made of and that she comes from a place where so many people love her already Mm. that, you know, all these other extras wouldn't matter. um, That she finds happiness within herself uh, and, and health, yeah. To be kind to others and things like that.
1: Yeah, to be open-minded and yeah, be kind. Mm. I think that's, that's the most, the greatest values that I, I want to place in her and that's, that's my greatest hope for her. Mm. For someone who
0: could be listening and is still in the closet and is struggling to find support,
1: what would you say
0: to her? Oof.
1: I would say um, take your time, build your circle of trust because this circle of trust will take you very, very far.
2: Mm.
1: It's okay. Like, don't you're not alone. Uh, don't don't rush out and don't do things that you're not ready. Um, but try to find it within you one day to live your your true self. Because it will be so freeing. I just can't explain it. And the longer that you stay in the closet, I think you. For me anyway, I'll speak for myself. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: The longer that that I think if I had stayed in the closet, I think I would have just ended up being a better liar. Mm. And that's not what I think life should be about.
2: And Sham, what about you? Mm, Well, what she said, but at the same time, I know that sometimes people don't necessarily have people around them that can be their circle of trust. So I would say in this scenario where you feel like no one is going to understand you or people are going to look at you differently, even those in your in your circle, uh, when people are going to look at you differently when you come out, I would say um, in this case, uh, no matter how difficult it is, maybe that you should try to live on your own. And a lot of things, I mean, because I think... If we are reaching out to a lot of Singaporean listeners who are still in the closet, who are not married, things like that, they live with their parents, and I would say living alone can make such a difference you wouldn't even know. And
1: as in living by yourself, yeah, sorry, living, living independently,
2: independently by yourself with your own financial means, if possible, or if there are, if you are able to reach out to any. Um, LGBTQ groups, uh, I think... Us. Yeah, us, for example. (laughs) I think you could always ask around for help if anyone has apartment availabilities, for example, that you could go there while you sort things out. Mm. Of course, I'm saying this like if you're a grown-up person, um, if you're a teenager, I suggest... Hang in there. Hang in there. because it, life would be very, very tough for uh, a teenage person out on their own. But know that they, you are not alone. Um, it will get better. Yeah, it will get better.
0: Surya and Sham, thank you for telling your story. I really appreciate you being a part of this. I hope we've done justice to your experience. Um, and I wish you both all the best. And that's the end of this episode. This is Frankly, my dear. I'm Fariza and you have been Honestly Lovely. I'll see you next time.
1: Bye! Bye! Bye.